feel. If I could just sit down and talk to myself like this, I would, but I never do it because I, I, I'm not exactly. going to say I can't, but I can't. As I am now, I don't think I can. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I can't talk like this with, like, everyone, you know? Like, it's like, you, like, especially like someone you've just met or something. Mm. Like, it's very difficult to talk about very deep subject because you don't know what they know. Yeah. You don't, you don't know them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and especially not knowing, like, which systems are coming from, what, what their favorite thoughts are and stuff. And that's Mm. how you get into, like, arguments that are not effective. Mm. Like, as opposed to arguments that are effective. You know, because like you, because there, but there's a huge importance. Like that's why me and AJ have very good conversations in a sense. It's because we are very similar in a lot of ways, but then we have diametrically opposed minds. So, so, so we have basically the same system, but he believes the opposite of what I believe. <laughs> so there's a certain way where that, and, and in certain situations we we have that too. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times we come to a certain synthesis in a sense because mm-hmm. like. The patterns, because that's the thing. Well, I'm trying to talk about patterns that are existing everywhere. I'm not, mm. and in a certain sense, I'm not a great expression of a lot of those patterns because I don't practice all the time. Mm. And that, uh, like, and so, like, uh, but that's one thing about where I think, like, intuition and awareness and stuff helps a little bit. It's like certain things you can just see, you know, mm. like, or I can just see, like, with it's like, proof of concept and after the concept's been proven like uh, you know uh, 10 million times over and over again like in similar ways it, it's become something different you know it's like not people's opinion it's like things that happen like things that are happening to people and that's like a bigger influence on people's minds than anything is like actualities mm-hmm. i think in a sense and non and they can be non-existent and non-real but they, but they're actualities, you know, that that affect people, that make people move and make their mind move. Well, human, I I think Sartre said it very well that human reality is inter interplay between actu- actuality or facticity and transcendence or freedom, like yes. our non-being. Yes. And we live in the interplay of this. Yes. This is human reality can be conceived without these things. Yes, but you have to realize the non-being is like a, is like a effervescent, like shining light mm. of like wisdom. Like, this non-being is not some kind of negativity. Like, the non-being mm. is another form of freedom. Right. Like, like you're trying to take get the self to freedom. Like, mm. that's, the, well, that's the goal of Buddhism. That's the goal of many of the most highest spiritual traditions in the mm. world. And, like, German idealism right. and things like that. It's like, you're moving towards freedom. And that's what... Because that's the source of creativity. That's the source of imagination. That's where everything has come from. Is freedom, ultimately. Mm. Freedom like, is often negation. In the beginning. But negation is, is not always negative. And in fact, it's the, occasionally the best thing that could possibly happen. Think about the dialectic. Forms that are inadequate or transcended and are, are, are negated for something better. Yes. I think ideas are negated for things that are ideas that are better. States of consciousness are negated. States of societies are negated for... Yes. States of organizations but, of matter negated to but you see transcended aspects of those things are incorporated though mm. see well, that's the thing is an inclusion yeah uh, inclusion is a very important part and wilbur m- made a, a lot of very good points around that he said like that's this is how development it unfolds through stages of negation and, and integration transcendence integration yeah ultimately yeah nothing is is totally lost it's just integrated in a higher whole and to a higher hold on and yeah. term he uses. 
Yeah, the, well, there's a... Robert Anton Wilson used a term, and I can never remember it, and I wish I could, but it's talk. it talks about, like, the same pattern repeating, but at a higher dimension. Mm. Same pattern repeating, but at a higher dimension. Same pattern. And that, that's kind of what it is. Like, that's one thing, too. It's like, we are, like, uh, millions of dimensions interacting with 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 each other you know and they and they play off each other but some don't interact with each other it's kind of like this string vibrating the other string kind of thing but but like there's states of mind Hmm. because the brain is not just in one state it's in many there are many states all over and deeper and towards the surface and stuff so so you have many different brainwave states but but like meditation and stuff makes all of your brain get to gamma states mm. and stay in them longer. So it's not so it like even unifies the mind in a certain way, and that also makes you remember things better and I, it makes you more intelligent as well. Definitely. Well, we talk about it being this meta skill that incorporates all these other things: memory, attention, concentration. Yeah. Everything becomes better. All all the all the fundamental uh, capacities of the mind. That are used for all the development of other, other every other skill, whether whatever it is, reading, writing, creativity, are developed by this this king of skills, if you will. Yeah. What it's called. I forget the, the term you use for it. Raj Yoga. Raj, Raj, oh yeah. yeah Raj Yoga. Yeah. Well, see, like, uh, what's more important than developing the mind? The mind does everything. Yeah, and that that well, and the body, like you like. That's why you gotta incorporate the body, but the body is the, the mind. Mm-hmm. Like it is an aspect of mind. It is an externalization of the mind. I, yeah, I agree. Just like how, just like how all the objects are and stuff too. Like it is important to understand uh, the body as as an aspect of mind. Yeah, the unification of, of facticity and transcendence. Yeah, you can't get away from your facticity uh, completely, right? Well, that's why they, that's why the Buddhists say. A relative and ultimate truth like yeah. why the why there is a doctrine of two truths is mm-hmm. because but see einstein relativity like there is relativity that is a truth like it mm-hmm. is but there's also there is more ultimate there are ultimate truths that go beyond relativity in a sense and that and that is a truth that is true but the notion of two truths is very profound actually because mm-hmm. in the west we believe in one truth and that there's one truth for everything but having a fundamental two truths is actually pretty interesting because in a lot of mathematical systems, a, f- a two introduces infinity. So, actually, you get an infinite views. <clears throat> and Buddha said he taught for eighty-four thousand views or whatever. See, so you get kind of two truths do open it up to infinite views. But it does seem like maybe two truths is more correct. Like, there maybe is a fewer number of truths due to the limited nature of energy and entropy mm. and all these things. So you so you kind of... But it's probably not one truth. And there's probably dynamic... Did you see that AI that worked out physics equations? But it's it, it came up with new physics? No, I no, I saw one that, like, re, remade a bunch of, like, organic molecules or something, maybe. No, no, this one, like, they put, like, a, like, a pendulum mm-hmm. simulation and let it... And all kinds of things like that, and let it watch him, mm-hmm. and 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 see, with our current understanding, it's like the length of the thing, and mm-hmm. all this. And two variables make up that situation, but the robot found four variables. See, in all these situations, it found more variables than we currently know, mm-hmm. and so that's that's the truth though because it really is about variables and sure. the many and see even the even thought structures oneness emptiness 
duality, trinity, uh, Kabbalah with ten yeah. elements, 138 ele- uh, 118 elements we have. Like, the base structure you use is very important to the to the nature of the crystallization your mind creates in a sense because it because it because it, it really is a lot of things are like almost like crystallizations or like uh, like trees but like liquid crystals but crystallizations of, of various natures like uh all, all all coming together to to form this new structure you know that has a repeated like a lattice almost like it's got a it's got a repeating geometry in it or something or something that's like a repeating geometry see that's the thing too numbers and geometries are things beyond numbers and geometries and that's really the key there are metaphysical things beyond numbers and geometries that numbers and geometries represent and that is truly the thing. Like you have these things that are trans that are transcendental realities in a sense, or they're non-sensual realities mm-hmm. that come from the mind mm-hmm. or come from come from transcendental experience. A lot of times, people seeing into the natures of reality through through various through various uh, actualities in their experience. Sure. And, and uh, that's where Whitehead is so smart, calling everything realities mm-hmm. like. Uh, societies of realities and things like that because that's what it is like there's there's trillions and trillions of realities that make up reality or a, in a actual sense. occasions yeah exactly like even god's an actual occasion i believe yes yes and that well that's the thing because it is like uh, it's like a field but mm. it's like a, it's even beyond a field and then and that's like uh that's kind of the crazy thing it is so crazy that it all that Humans all over the globe have have found the same thing a lot of places, or tell very very similar story. Even Buddhism has heaven and hells in it. Sure. And so so it's like all these tradi- like Spencer uh, pointed this out in his text on religion, which is actually very good. It's like a Gifford lecture, I think. But he talks about how he's like, well, overall, I mean, they're they're very similar. Yeah. Even though they're different, they're very, very similar in a lot of respects. Wow. And it's like, and 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 looking at it, and when you step back and look at it, it's like they are very similar. Even mm-hmm. though this one says to do something different with suffering, or this one says to do something different with love, or whatever, it's like overall they're very similar and and, and almost negative copies or carbon mm-hmm. copies of each other. And and so it's like it's kind of crazy because people have found realities. Well, in their dreams, in their visions, in their experience that they then come back to and then they create art techniques and art and technology tools to start to use those realities, start to modify those realities. It's like a screwdriver. Like a screwdriver is such a simple thing, but it's a thing that allows you to modify a bit of reality in a way that you couldn't before, you know, uh, or a screwdriver and a screw. And so you have these, you have all these things, but like I said before, they start out as kind of, you know, something larger than the reality, something larger than the physical realities, you know, and they start out at their like actualities of the mind. And some things take thousands of years to become actualized. Mm. They get built up by small increments, mind by mind by mind, little by little by little for thousands of years. And and it works through billions of minds before it culminates in some person or some group of people that has one of the highest expressions of the idea. Or it's Mm. accepted as the highest expression by many people in the world for really no reason other than that people feel it. And people feel it to be true in a lot of circumstances. And that's a very strange and interesting thing, is the way kind of 
ideas are kind of viral or something, but they, they, the way they move through millions and billions of minds through thousands of years and hundreds of thousands of years. What we probably talked about this before, but the idea of memes and meme flexes. Yeah. And uh, I forget who exactly was the first person to start talking about. It. I think it might have been Hawk, uh, the evolutionary guy. Yeah, Dawkins. Dawkins, yes, yeah. yeah. But I think. There's a lot to be said for it. To say they are, they spread like genes, they spread like viruses. Yes. And in many cases, uh, memes supersede genes or biology. Because well, a, yes. a, a person will kill their family and or leave their family or refuse to have kids for the sake of a meme. Well, it's like I've said before, like certain ideas alter the chemicals your brain mm. and your and your glands start producing all the time. Yeah. So you that you have different levels of those chemicals in your body because you've heard certain ideas. Sure. And those ideas make you act differently because of those different chemicals in your mm-hmm. body. And this is one of the keys to evolution in a sense, or ideas that modify the uh, modify genetics. I That's think. one thing that I'm really interested in, or been interested in more so in the last year, is ideas that modify genetics. Well, I think you're. I mean that's really that's really good, man. I don't yeah. think I've heard you say that before. That's really good. But we talk, we know that meditation has epigenetic effects. Exactly, exactly. And so does exercise and ritual, right? And all these things. And see, and that's kind of the key, is because it's like you're modifying the chem, the literal chemicals in your body that produce all the time. So the things that code your genes. Are the are the things that are happening all the time in your body, and they code and they code your your genes for the next generation. So there's also a book called the Neme, you know, like mnemonics, mm-hmm. you know. So it's M N E M E. So, but he wrote a book in like the 20s called the Neme, and this book is genius because he talks about a dog and how it gains associations. Mm. And how those associations alter its future behavior. Like if someone comes up and kicks it, then every time a person comes up to it, from then on, mm. it'll run away from them. Yeah. Right? But he talks about this as not a meme, but a neem, because it involves memory. Ah, yeah. So it's an interesting thing, because there is this kind of thing where it's memory and idea yeah. bound together that alter the genes. Sure. So, so you have this kind of, but we are kind of a, a impressional medium of memory. Mm-hmm. Like everything's making impressions on us, and it's not just in one place in our brain; it's in every cell, in a sense. It's in the genetics. Ultimately, yeah, it could permeate our entire body if it if we took it into ourselves. Yes, and see, yeah, yeah, well, taking in an idea is like taking in a vitamin or something. Exactly. That it that it could be that transformative exactly and that's why i say chakra systems because the chakras are all focused on the gland centers of the on the spine right yeah and so you're focusing on these gland centers and you're making your body literally produce different chemicals from these glandular centers Mm -hmm. and that alters your experience and it Mm -hmm. alters the nature of your body and this happened from people feeling it out through yoga and tantra like Feeling it out through direct experience. This is a crazy... It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to me that that's how it happened. But it really is 
ideas not that just altered people's actions or thoughts, but alter their genetics mm-hmm. and alter the way, alter their being. I mean, that is what you're looking for: is ideas that have the true, true nature within them. They have truth within them, and people feel it. People know it when it's there, and it and it doesn't take like uh, it doesn't take intelligence to recognize it either. It's irrational. It's a thing that's truly irrational and beyond knowing. I would frame it, and it's not to say that I don't believe these people are getting closer to reality because I think that's a valid way to put it. But I would also put, if you want to be really conservative about it, you could say these people are just getting farther away from those habits that cause suffering. Yes. Or those patterns that cause suffering. And I think that's just like a a modest restatement of that. But, But people identify getting closer with reality and it's very common in mystical systems, with getting farther away from suffering. They, yes. There seems to be an intimate connection. And you can break them apart, if you will, but I'm inclined to say they are essentially the same thing. And, of course, the mystics would say that the highest state of happiness and the lowest state of suffering is an identification with yourself as reality, with, with yes. God, with Godhead. With na- yeah, with nature, with God, with yes. This is, the, this is the ultimate liberation. Yes. Is, I, was, uh, is the mind cognizing itself, or God yes. cognizing himself. Well, think about this, too. Ezra Pound said this, but think about, like, the first guy that, like, sees God in a vision. Or, like, sees mm. a light in a vision that comes down to him and gives him wisdom. And it makes him see the future and stuff. Like, it makes him see the potentials of all human lives. Mm. And the potentials of all the things around him and things like that. And it, it comes to him in the middle of the forest or something. And, like, uh, Ezra Pound talks about how, like, he goes back to people and no one knows what he's... No one has even concepts for it. They don't not just have words for it. They don't have concepts for it. They don't have ideas for it. If it was, like, 100,000 years ago or something, right? So he'd have to say, like, I talked to a star or I became a tree or something like that, right? He has to create a work of art Mm. that is... evokes his experience invokes his experience in another person's body yeah at least sudden some semblance of it right like, you, you're talking about campbell earlier yeah like how do you talk about these things with people that have no concepts for them exactly you give them mythical symbols that evoke exactly the same feelings exactly they might not get the exact same ideas but they're getting a lot of closer but see ezra pound said this is also how the things degradate Mm-hmm. Because every time you make a work of art, but then it's repeated by people who don't have actual experience. Mm-hmm. You get a distance, and you get a further distance, right. and a further distance, and further distance. And that's where all the sources of religion are people who had pure prime experience, mm-hmm. you know? And then you kind of get lesser and lesser versions of that experience in people that are copied. But depending on how much spiritual aptitude the person had to transfer their states of being to other people after their death. Which is a very high spiritual quality, actually, to be able to trans... Like Buddha, being remembered 2,000 years after his death. I think that points to a fairly high spiritual genius. And Jesus as well. Like, this points to some kind of... Something different about you than, like... Because that's the thing with Jesus, too. It's like, today you wouldn't walk around and be like... See anyone and think that they're God. Like, walking the earth. Or maybe some people would, but it's like... But a long time ago, a lot of people thought he was God walking the earth. Mm-hmm. And that's like a different quality of person. And we don't really encounter that. And that doesn't they don't pop up all that often, seemingly. And they and they are highlighted within the annals of history when they do pop up. Mm-hmm. You know? But but one thing that McKenna says that's really crazy to think about is at a certain time in history, Lao Tzu, Socrates, Aristotle, Plato 
Menachius, Menachius, all these guys could have had tea with each other. So there was a certain time in the globe where there was a real spiritual blooming, almost like an algae bloom or something, where, where it was hitting a lot of people all over the globe at the same time. It's almost mm-hmm. like the ingression of the transcendental object with, with, with a varied surface structure, you know? And so it hits people differently in different parts of the globe and stuff. But you have this kind of... And I do think that's kind of happening now a little bit, but it's it, it's like so much more diffused in mm. so many ways because people because we have we because well america doesn't have very many strong systems we have a strong system of freedom and individualism mm. you know well i think things move in cycles things move in dialectics yeah. and 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 i think uh i generally think we're on the cusp of something that would be equivalent to a spiritual renaissance and i believe it's going to be led by um, neuroscience and yes. neurophysiology and so forth. Well, I think too. I think it's going to come from the integration of technology mm-hmm. enhancing our brains well, think, and our bodies and, and minds. I think we're already well. we're already feeling it. Yeah. I, I think uh, the immersion in entertainment is to a degree playing itself out, and it's going to lead to a point like Christianity led led uh, to beyond itself. Entertainment's going to lead beyond itself. It's going to sure. realize its own emptiness and it's going to negate itself. And I think. At least sensory entertainment, what this sort of thing that we're doing with with TikTok and whatever, yeah. we're gonna leap over into something else. Well, but, sure. But, but before sure. we do that, we're gonna reach uh, an abyss, like a terrible, ter- terrifying abyss, you know. Well, well, see, that's why. Well, with certain things like Twitter and all this kind of stuff, I try to post the best stuff I can think of, because I'm trying to counteract. The kind of evils of the world and a sense mm-hmm. of ignorance and that kind of stuff. Because I want to show people what's potential. I don't want to show people their own self-pity and their own mm-hmm. sadness and stuff. I want to show people like what the mind can actually do if people spend a lot of time on it, and what and when people when people love it and when people enjoy it and things like that. It's just something that people don't normally see, and especially. It's always coded by some religion or something, or hewed by some religion, and it's like, it's 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 bigger than that. It's bigger than even spirituality in a sure. sense. It's reality. It's actuality. It's it's real. Like it happens to everyone all the time. Like no matter what. Like so, you have this kind of like thing that's beyond what beyond what we know and beyond our knowledge to a, to a large extent but that's why i tend to say it's transcendental but that's why i like to say transcendental naturalism or something mm. because it's something like the nature is transcendent transcendental and the, and that and whatever that is we can't really you know get our heads completely around it well, it's just but we can maybe become it or become aspects of it within right. our consciousness maybe at least well, that's, or it does seem that, that way so um there something was brought up to me and a, a very important distinction between uh, barriers and limits right yeah and people often take barriers to be limits when they're not really limits yeah right and this is a huge problem yes because um, you can climb over a barrier exactly yeah exactly but if you take it for a limit then there's no going beyond it. Well, also, limitations come down to energy, too. Yeah, well, with a certain amount of energy, you can only do so many things. There's a limit to, like, it, and that goes for concepts and stuff, too. They they are only, they are built out of energy, in a sense. Mental energy, focus energy, will, concentration, all this stuff. So you can only do so much with certain amounts of energy and with certain forms of energy. And you can only do certain things with certain forms of energy. And like, like the Buddhists say, you can't, like, get oil from sand. 
mm-hmm. you know. But you put a you put a, a mustard seed there and you get oil instantly. It's like you can pound the sand for two thousand years and they'll get oil from it. It's mm-hmm. like this is a example of reality, though the natures of reality. Like there are certain things that don't work. And you can do it forever, and it will not work forever. And it doesn't matter how many times you do it, you know? But there's an interesting story about Shiva, right? And, like, Shiva, there's this guy who hates Shiva. And he hates him so much that he goes by his statue every day and kicks it, you know? Kicks it hard enough to, like, hurt his foot or whatever, you know? And so every day he does this for years and years and years. And he's, like, 60. You know, he's done this every day since he was, like, a kid, you know? And then Shiva comes to him and is like, "You're you're a better follower than most of my followers. You know, you you're like hate hate is love in a certain respect. You know, it's like mm. he focuses on Shiva more yeah. than someone who loves him focuses on it. So that's the that's kind of the thing. Like, see, there's a there is a certain processes where, like." You can use these emotions and all these things, but you have to be pure. You have to be sincere. Your heart has to be in the right place, you know? But it's like, but that's like a tantric lesson there too, you know? Because it's like, but it's like mastering mastering hatred in a sense and using it as a practice. It's a symbol of the tantric idea, you know? But it's really an interesting thing because I do think if there is a true, if there is a deity or something like that, it's not worried about anything. It doesn't give a, you know, it doesn't care about anything like that. Like, if you hate it, if you love it, it is beyond those things. Like, it doesn't need those things in a certain respect. And I think that's how it is in a certain... But it wants those things, maybe. Like, maybe there's a certain... Like, it wants love. Mm -hmm. Like, because it is love. And if it is love, then it would want love. Then that's kind of the interesting thing about love. Because if a thing... If you think about the thing as love... Mm -hmm. It does make a lot of sense because love would want to create more of itself and well, would want to create other things like it, you know. I've been listening to uh, trip reports lately, yeah. and something that's uh, that's come up pretty often, often enough to be moderately uh, unnerving, is people realizing that they're God, realizing that they're an infinite consciousness, and feeling really bad about it. Yeah. <laughs> There's a case of a guy who realized that he was God, and he kept putting himself in false realities but he could never yeah. get out of he could never forget that it's all imaginary yeah and he kept reliving all these different scenarios of his life and he actually went back to his regular life to a degree yeah but that the knowledge that he was god and that nothing was real and that he was completely alone made made the entire situation unbearable well see it is difficult to, you, if you don't have a method of training and i've i've heard this in a lot of different yeah, a lot of different people. Yeah, that's a wild. That's really, really weird. When I had one of my first LSD trips, I kind of thought for a for a moment or two that I came to a state of like Buddha mm-hmm. in a sense. But what I realized in an instant when that happened was not infinite happiness, but infinite suffering mm-hmm. of all the entities on the earth, mm-hmm. all simultaneously suffering in their own small ways and all these kinds of things so the thing is when you come to certain high states of awareness high states Mm. of realization it's not all roses uh yeah because you recognize that everyone is like you you recognize the suffering of all beings Mm. in all times in all places that suffering is like your suffering Mm. and it's a very sad thing in a sense Mm. especially if you don't have any backing for it or any of this kind of stuff the way to steal the mind or all these kinds of things like Mm. it's a very 
hardcore realization to realize that suffering, mm. the first truth. Yeah. And see, and that's why Buddha is so smart in a sense. He took something that everyone knows. Mm. You don't need an ideology. You don't need anything. Everyone knows suffering, and everyone knows it intimately in their lives. Wow. And it, some people don't, but they live long enough, they will. Oh, and, wow. and that and that's the that's the hard part is like, because real strength is like your family dying and you not killing yourself and mm. things like that. And people do that all the time. People live through horrific things mm. and keep on with their lives. And that unites everyone in suffering. But everyone mm. is united in suffering. The longer you live, the more of your friends die, the more people you mm. like die, all this kinds of stuff. There is a certain nature to it. Well, Schopenhauer talks about... And it's wisdom, too. A way, another way to generate compassion besides the intuition... Uh, that essentially we're all unified uh, in some fundamental way is that to look at other people as like fellow prisoners or fellow sufferers. Yes. Because we're yeah we are united. Well, that see, way. that's why I think it's not, the four noble truths are so smart, and that's why I say also Buddha is a very kind of a unique teacher in the history of the globe because he taught for 45 years, mm-hmm. and his first teaching was the four noble truths and the eightfold path. Every teaching after that was on the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold mm-hmm. Path. Every Buddhist teacher after him teaches on an aspect of the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. Every single one of them, if they're good. And that, there is no system that is that codified and that, that like, worked out intellectually yeah. like it on Earth. Well, that, and there's no teacher like Buddha that taught for 45 years and, and taught like that. His first teaching was his last teaching. And he had such a solid teaching from the very beginning to the very end. That's so hardcore. Like, there's not many people like that at all in in the history of the globe. And there's not many systems like it. But Hinduism has a lot of the qualities and stuff. But there are just certain qualities that are kind of unique to Buddha. And not having a deity at, at mm. the fundament. Where the, when there's so many deity traditions around you like that is such a revolutionary and and still in many places in the world there is no system of equal a non-deity system equal to the highest deity system mm-hmm. there there doesn't there isn't that in, in like there isn't a system like that except for well hinduism buddhism and stuff but a lot of the hinduism has deities but they have their non-dualistic well, yeah, traditions in tantra and like kashmir deities are reintroduced but of course yes they're but also, it's a tool. You know right. that they're empty, and you know that they're un- they're ultimately empty of absolute existence. Yeah, they're, they're radically re- reframed exactly to be appro- to, to be held on appropriately. Well, and to, ultimately, they're translated in systems beyond symbols in Mahamudra. Well, they're function. used to modify the mind. They're used as mm-hmm. tools, advanced tools to modify the mind. Like that, that's their purpose, and they know that that's their purpose, and they say that that's their purpose, and they don't hide it. And that's a very, that's a very, and to know that they're empty, to know that the deity is empty of absolute existence is is revolutionary in the sense of, in the West, we don't have that. We don't have that fundamental notion well, then, yeah, then that you, the deity is empty. Then you can engage with these things without without causing a, a problem yeah. uh, of re, re, reifying these things as exactly. completely real and undermining exactly. the, atten- the necessity of realizing all things are empty. Yes. But if you admit one thing is not empty, perhaps, that might throw the entire system out of whack, but... Uh, well, it's like the magical display thing, too. It's like you should see things as kind of spontaneous magical displays of wisdom and emptiness. So, I mean, that is really one of the better ways to say it. If you really look at all the systems of the world, that is truly one of the better ways to say it a lot of times. If you if you get to the fundament. Because there is something that looks like mind, 
uh, like making everything move around, especially life. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, like, uh, well, like more the suffering thing. Yeah. So I think Schopenhauer would say that it's trying. This is life trying to teach us something. Yes. Like it's trying to point out that whatever whatever the situation is is not ideal, and I don't think otherwise suffering would be inexplicable. But well, the guy, well, mm-hmm. the guy who wrote that book, uh, LSD in the Mind of the Universe. He was going into extremely deep states of consciousness, altered states, and he he recognized a pattern that would emerge. He said that every uh, um, like really enjoy enjoyable, beautiful, transcendental experience was was uh, was kicked off or what was mediated by first experiencing a terrible experience. Of, and he said these like you had to go through stages of purification and that this was his experience but he said yes every time you want to raise to another degree of purity you have to go into another stage of purification yes and like i think like you were saying he was experiencing the suffering of the entire world he was becoming other people he was experiencing dying and getting killed yeah it's and, horrific. and just it's yeah, horrific. absolutely terrible things see that's but a, these, these were necessary because yeah. he would go into states of oceanic bliss yeah after these states well that's the thing about heightening your awareness is you can see why people do things even if they're irrational Mm. and they're crazy and stuff you can see the crazy thought trains that led into that person getting so warped of mind that they would commit these actions and stuff and it's horrific a lot of times it's horrific to spend time within some of those thought trains because like and you don't really need to it's not necessary a lot of those things are are in error like people have very bad fundamental foundations for their thoughts and that's what causes them to do very bad things mm. and like uh it's just not something that it's it's something that can uh, can hurt your mind in a sense if you spend a lot of time on it there there yeah there's a balance where you can fall into to evil but yeah. uh so what I like to do is I like to engage with evil a little bit from a distance and just to understand that it really does exist. Well, the thing is, I think evil evil is created by humans. This is what I'm I think. I don't I don't think human I don't think there's an evil in reality. Like Mars is an evil or Saturn's not evil and all the stuff like it used to be thought or whatever. But um, humans have created evil and we believe in evil and we and people believe in evil in their hearts and minds. So it, it is there, and it exists, and people try to copy it, just like they try to copy divinity. They try to copy evil, and there are certain people that dig it and want it, and that's the thing you got to watch, because that shit is horrific, and it'll, and it'll take the mind down really horrific pathways that many people can't get out of, especially if they have no training, and that's why mm-hmm. there's so many crazy people and stuff, is because it's obsession and possession and stuff. It's dark forces in a sense like even in vajra you create that vajra fence around you when you meditate and mm-hmm. stuff and that's for that kind of stuff that's for dark thoughts and things because because it happens to people and you've got to like there are certain thought trains that if you go down it's very difficult to get back out of them and you, and that and that's why spirituality and various things have said people say you can go crazy and all that kind of stuff because you can in certain respects but also it can be really rewarding, but that's why you sh- really need to back it with meditation so you stabilize the mind. Because if the mind is very stable, then it doesn't get rocked by anything like that. Mm. And that's that's kind of the key is you kind of you don't want to get you don't want to follow the train. You don't want to follow it into 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 action. 
basically. You know, I mean that that is that is the goal. You want to you want to do actions that are beneficial to you and other people. Mm. Well, that's what the Buddhists tend to say is that you replace bad actions with good actions. Mm. So you start meditating, you start thinking about good things, you start loving people, you start helping people. You replace bad ideas with with good ideas. Yeah, exactly. One of the best things that ever happened to me was getting introduced to philosophy and Buddhism. Yeah. And even though there were long stretches of my life that I I was dealing with things very poorly, I knew in the back of my mind that I was doing things poorly and I knew that there was an alternative. Yeah. And those things, I'm glad I studied those things because they were in my mind when I was emotionally ready to carry them out. And if I, if I honestly, man, uh, if I didn't know about Buddhism, and I, wasn't, I, I would think I would call myself a Buddhist, but if I didn't have these ideas in my mind, if I didn't have a clear idea that there was something better, and a real faith that there was something better, something uh, outside mere pleasure, something outside seeking uh, the immediate gratification, I'd probably still be stuck in it. Yeah. Because... That drugs give you that, like you want pleasure and you want yes. the good. And I, I genuinely took drugs, like hard drugs, as a, a definite good. Yeah. And um, to I lived that way, so I guess I did believe that. But, yeah, that's what you gotta watch for. Yeah, but there was still there was always a part of me that knew what I was doing wasn't right, and and it got to a point that I, I kept act, acting out of habit of force. It wasn't because I really had those ideas that these things were good anymore. Yeah. But I was just like so... It was like a, a physical kind of momentum. And that physical momentum, or that momentum is called withdrawal, of course. <laughs> yeah. Because it just doesn't let you stop. Like, yeah. you're in a pattern. It, you The tendency is to keep moving in that in, in that direction. Yes. Um, but... I also... I kind of think it's a spiritual process mm-hmm. for America opiates in a sense a little bit because it really well i don't know i don't like to say things like that but it's kind of interesting because the holocaust was like well but it's the way it just affects the mind and states of consciousness but it also points to the states of consciousness people want and favor and desire in this culture which and that points to unconsciousness which is actually a fairly bad thing it points uh in my mind it points to meaninglessness it points to boredom well, see, unconsciousness. You always make mistakes when you're unconscious of things, mm-hmm. and you always hurt people when you're unconscious. Like, think about a person leaving their kid in the car, yeah, and it, and it, and stuff like that. Like, you forget that you had. To, and it's usually new parents and that yeah. kind of stuff, because it's like you just forget, mm-hmm. you know. And that and that happens to you know people all the time. Mm-hmm. And that and that kind of thing is is kind of crazy, you know, because there's all kinds of stuff that if you just let your awareness slip for. Two seconds, you could kill yourself. You could sure. die. But but when you let it slip for ten minutes, twenty minutes, two hours, your whole life, fifty years, yeah. you know, you you really run into a lot of really bad situations, wow. a lot of mental illness, and a lot of things because you don't know where things are coming from, I, and you don't know anything about the mind and that kind of stuff. I let it slip, I would say, for a good couple of years, yeah. for whatever reason. I mean, whatever I was processing things, or or what, it, or I felt like on some level. Yeah. I deserve to suffer. I, I really have no idea. That's probably part of it. I think. Yeah. I think. I. I. That's kind of. I feel certain things as kind of penance, or I think yeah. of them that way, and I think that's from a kind of a uh, misunderstanding as children. Mm. But I also think there's a certain. It's like tapas in a sense. 
like you're it's it's the idea that tapas is like the spiritual fire and it comes from suffering in the mm-hmm. hindu tradition and then and so if suffering is the key mm. then you want to suffer more that's why you yeah, hold yeah. your arm up and stuff it, so there's actually a sect of christianity that is yeah like, that says well that that they whipped themselves well, well no, those it's, people it's, it's a different one yeah they are saying like it's such a glorified beautiful event that Christ saves everybody, and, t- and Christ actually takes pleasure, and the, the greater the sin, the happier Christ no. is. So just keep committing sin, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Christ, his sacrifice means that much more, ultimately. Well, see, that's like, yeah, that's, see, that's where with Christianity and stuff, side, though. well, see, with, with that kind of stuff, you can get into really bad ideas. That's dangerous. Yeah, exactly. But it also makes you less judgmental, like, I'm not sure. It, it, makes, it makes you less likely to, to kill a sinner. But it, it might not be perfect yeah. on all levels. Well, see a lot of the see a lot of the ideas are kind of basic, because they come from people just feeling things out, you mm. know, and, and then making up an idea, right. and like. But I do think the Hindus, though, like the idea that suffering kind of creates spiritual heat. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually related to Tuma to me, like mm-hmm. the tapas, but also. Aztec shaman talked about mm-hmm. spiritual heat, and shaman talk about it too. And I think, and it's related. Well, it's related to the chakra down here that digests things, like the sure. like the uh, Taoists say and stuff. It's related to that inner fire. Well, so, well, I I agree. Like suffering. That's where intelligence comes from too, it, a little bit. Is a trans. I I do believe genuinely that it is a transformative experience, and especially if you look at it correctly. Um, let's see, uh, so. Uh, Francis Bacon, he wrote a, an essay on adversity, yeah. and he says that um, prosperity best discovers vice, mm-hmm. but uh, what's the, but like uh, difficulty best discovers virtue. Oh, yeah. And William Blake says the the fool who persists in his folly becomes wise. And like there are a lot of cases, and it's not always the case. Sometimes you just die because you make <laughs> a big mistake. But it might. Well, you no, just, that's how people become masters and yeah. become professionals and great players. Is you persist yeah. even though you make mistakes and you yeah. and you make bad decisions but and stuff. You just keep going. This was this was essentially is what happened to me. I played I played it out until it was undeniable. And I forget who who some someone said that addiction begins in suffering and ends in suffering. Yeah. Like you start because you're suffering and you get out of it because you're real, you're suffering even more now. Sure. But but um, I and I've it's not that I. I say this to people occasionally, and I, I think maybe they take it a wrong, the wrong way. But I have something very special, is that I have a, a goal that I genuinely believe in, and that I put above everything else. I have a transcendental goal, and that's enlightenment. And if you don't, if you don't have something like, if you don't have God, if you don't have the idea of enlightenment or something like that, like you're in a dark place. If your life well, does not have a meta meaning like that. Well, that's the idea of the twelve-step program too. Yeah, exactly. Know? If if your life does not have meaning, and especially if you don't have a transcendental meaning, uh, I don't. It, it's it's so difficult to work yourself out of suffering. It's so easy to say, "I'm just going to continue going because it's the only thing that makes me happy." And there's nothing. There's no reason to get out of bad habits. There's no reason to work on myself. Yeah. Because I because it's just the world, and the world is suffering, and it's shit, and it's all matter in motion anyway and it's all dirt like just enjoy yourself there's nothing higher yeah there's no yeah. well see it's difficult like that is the difficult that is the struggle really i mean that is the because but it's again it's been talked about forever the world of appearances and mm. the world of of the world beyond appearances because it's like that's what the world appears like to us all the time you know but it's like 
But science tells us now it's all 99% space. It's, yeah. all, it's not what we see it and, as. And what is, is like coagulations of these formless fields. Exactly. And like ordering. It starts mm-hmm. to order itself. It starts to do things. It starts to feed itself. It starts to have sex with itself. It starts yeah. to move around. Like, the, it, like... I see this as, well, like, as the activity of... This is transpersonal personal mentation in action. Yes. Right? And so are we. Well, it's like... but And also, too, it's like um, proto... Like, it's proto... It's pure awareness, too, I think, mm-hmm. at base. Like, it's... Like, you don't need consciousness because you have kind of like a, a blazing awareness... Mm-hmm. Where where like there isn't like it just happens things just mm-hmm. happen because like like how atoms decay yeah. and nuclear and and nuclear decay and things like that things happen because of the fundamental natures of their existence mm-hmm. and the relationship between the fundamental natures of the existences and the and those relationships cause things to happen and that's that's it I mean that's that's the true nature like beyond human perception we see that from devices, from measurement devices that tell us this, mm. you know? So it's like, well, that's the one thing I think now, is that we just have such an advantage of over, we can see so many things, but we also have such a high physics. And I do think, in a sense, the East and West split mm. so they could reconverge at a higher level. I mean, that is that seemingly is what life does. Like, it splits things off to re... And really, it's art... Mm-hmm. art science and spirituality which kind of separated in the renaissance and then into the enlightenment but it's like uh we're going to get a reconvergence of art science and spirituality in a, in a new expression that's that's greater than anything well, that's ever been you even see this kind of uh this path of, or this uh stages of objectification integration and like Jungian psychoanalysis and like creative imagination you objectify the passions, you objectify yes. the desires, yes. and you you actually talk to them like they're people. Yeah. With the end of ultimately reintegrating, but like yes, things can be achieved by breaking things down and putting them back together that couldn't be achieved by just keeping them well, together in the first place. Well, McKenna said too, talked about the alchemist, right? Like the furnace and all mm. these things. There are ways to externalize bits of the mind mm-hmm. so you can get them outside of yourself and personalize them so you can then mess with them and talk to them mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. And really, any medium will work. It doesn't just have to be an alchemical furnace. Like, you can use tarot cards, anything. Like, mm-hmm. you can use all these kinds of things. But it, but it's a very... Uh, it's, a gr- it's a great idea. Well, I know? think now we have, we have things like... Uh, good, computer algorithms or people you could yes like video games are object- objectifications of a person's mind yes to various degrees yes they are yeah of course and uh like uh but that is kind of the key though is making objects of mind that are good mm-hmm. and that resonate with people in a yeah. sense and the, but the, but they're but it's it's but, difficult well like you said they're they're realistically like there are bad ideas Yes. And you can spread bad ideas, and you yes. can spread ideas that lead to chaos and death. Yes. And maybe you might say good things can come out of it, but just don't don't be that guy. You like, yeah, exactly. Don't be. Well, it's not fun. You shouldn't be that person. Like I've had people do like do bad things because of what I've said and mm-hmm. things like that, you know. And like, uh, but that happens in a lot You're of like people's lives. <laughs> no, like <laughs> worse. But but like it's like. Uh, you, well, that's like it's a the kind of the Buddhist thing or whatever. You got to realize how your actions impact people, your body, speech, and mind. How your how your yeah. how you, how it impacts people on all levels. Well, this is something 
and I think people experience it in various degrees, but when I was going through withdrawal especially, I had, I had thought I had time to think about all the people that I had hurt. Yeah. And it's like, I never did anything super terrible, but I did things yeah. that really let people down and disappointed people. Sure. And, and, and I was mean to people I didn't have to be mean to, and it came out, and I do, and I really dislike it, but I have accepted the fact that I have a part of me that's aggressive and belligerent and like all the things I hate about others and in, in, in the world and things in the world, I have all that in me. Exactly. But I've made... That's why you hate those things. Right. Like, it's well, exactly. because you have them. But I've made the, the decision and I often reify it and I think to myself, I'm not going to be the kind of person that hurts people. Yeah. I don't want... At the very least, I can accept myself being neutral, but I'm not going to hurt people and if I'm... I want to build people up and I actually think that to myself like yes. I don't want to be a bad person I want to put good things into the world and at the very least I'm just not going to be a bad person but yes. I take the opportunity when I can to, to help people and I like I like people and I like helping people I'm kind of antisocial in the sense that I, I have anxiety so I don't like often like to be around people mm-hmm. but I like people and I want to help people and I don't want to drag people down that's yeah. like but and I really believe that and I I think that's like a really that's a really important turning in my life when that became I think I was always an okay person but when I really set myself the task of, of being a good person as much as I possibly can that was like a really big turning point yes. in my life and it goes yeah, back sure. to that psilocybin experience when I felt that the anger and the hatred and all these negative things in my heart and I was like this is a a terrible thing yeah. like I'm I'm contaminated with evil, whatever you want to sure, call it, yeah, and it's ruining me, yeah. And even it, even though it wasn't that strong, it was like being covered in dirt, you know. It's like yeah. it really felt it felt like I was dirty because yeah. I had these things. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, see, that's a, the that's where the process of self realization is such an interesting thing because it comes at everyone differently, and that's mm. the thing. If you avoid it your whole life. It's just going to hit you harder at some mm. point in life, some aspect of it. Wow, well, there's that, a lot. Of, there's a lot of good reasons to avoid it because it's sure. kind of terrible. Exactly, exactly. That is the thing. That's why people avoid it because it's mm. so hard to deal with, and that's mm. why I say it's it's so important to have a system in certain respects. Or many people need some kind of system mm. that lays a lot of it out because, like, it's very difficult to deal yeah. with on your own, and especially right. without. Like very nice, good people helping you out. Yeah. Well, you <laughs> need like like a really good transcendental goal that contextualizes contextualizes going through suffering as something valuable. Because sure. uh, Nietzsche said that we we'd rather have the void for a goal than a, than be void of a goal. Yeah. And that well, there's something else, but like we would do anything uh, as long as it had I mean We can suffer yeah. any injustice, whatever. As long as it's meaningful, like in Young yeah. talks about this, the the worst situation to be in, and um, the guy who wrote that he was in the concentration camp, the, the uh, yeah, but he said F- that Frankel, Frankel, Frankel right? Yeah. That's what he talks about in the concentration camp. What yeah. distinguished the people that survived is the people that survived mentally, the people that were that had still had meaning in their lives, that yeah, still had meaning in the in, exactly. in, in, in the suffering, exactly. And that's why I say, well, reality is an infinite source of meaning. Mm-hmm. And it and it it doesn't have to be meaningless. And actually, meaningless opens up the freedom for it to be infinitely meaningful. Well, that, and that's well, actually kind of an interesting thing because you don't have to see meaninglessness as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of get on the existentialists a little bit is because yeah. they they see meaninglessness as such a bad thing. But I kind of see it as kind of like a it's an area of freedom. 
Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to be seen as something bad. It's like the meaninglessness allows for infinite meaning. Yeah. You know? Well, like Sartre talks about uh, the recognition of one's own freedom as being an experience of anguish and vertigo. Yes. And really, and potentially being a very bad thing. Well, but, ex- but acceptance of it is through being authentic. Well, with a lot of it, you realize how much time you've wasted, too. Like, mm-hmm. in bad states of mind, in weak states of mind, and things like. That's a lot of the things you realize, especially early on when you start to get into these subjects, is just how much time you've wasted on on useless well, subjects I see and it. emotions and certain things like that. That didn't that didn't even exist a lot of times, like the Buddhists say. Like you've made up yeah. stories in your head about how how things are and they aren't actually that way. They're a different way, but you've yeah. attached to that story you've created for but yourself. I, I feel like maybe they couldn't have been otherwise, but regardless, there's no just acceptance, you know, because. You would have you if you would have known something better, you would have done it because I think people do the best they can in well, given the situation. Well, I think it's somewhat. Well, I don't know about random, but it's somewhat like. I mean, people people miss stuff all the time. People mm. people people make mistakes all the time. People lo- forget things all the time. Like you got you got everything. Everything can happen. You can get hit by a bus instantly. Like you have all this stuff that that can happen. That happens to people all the time, you know, and you just have to take it sincerely and realistically. That's the thing about a lot of this stuff is if you look into it hard enough, it's real. Well, I say that because I've found it myself, but also because everyone who's looked into it, the smartest people in the world have all said there's something to it. And they've all proved, in many ways, proven that there's something to a lot of this stuff. Like, over and over and over and over again in every culture, in every time and place, people have talked about the wisdom, the imagination, uh, truth, a certain idea of truth, the unity, a certain higher, things moving to higher unities, a bunch of spread out ideas becoming a category, a higher, a higher unity. Like, these, these, these ideas have been around for thousands of years before Plato. I mean, this is one of the the basis of Platonism, but this idea of higher, higher unities for, like, like Socrates in, in Mino, where he's like, find me virtue what is the nature of virtue what's the true virtue and the guy gives him all these examples of virtue and he's like nope that's not it there is no there is no really no physical example it's a nomina again it's something that is not physically experienced it's a thing of the mind it's a thing that of the intuition it's a thing of the imagination of the nature of the nature of the mind and like they're they're like you know, just higher orders, but we, in a sense, higher orders of, of, of thought. I find it really interesting ideas. that Hegel said that uh, that we couldn't engage in these kind of dialogues if there wasn't a fundamental intuition of what justice really was. We're able to get closer to it. We know what it is, but we're, we have to, we're, we're forced to go through progressive stages of actualization that don't actualize it perfectly, but every step we get a little bit closer and we come to the best conclusion well see, seemingly i mean the the well certain sections of humanity have always been pushing humanity forward mm. and certain and then when you go further and further back in the past you get shamans magicians but also the great hunters the great the great statesmen all these people mm. in the early societies but a lot of their powers were based on the intellect the imagination their spirit their charisma their the energy they imparted to a crowd so the how how big the buzz was in the crowd when they speak, you know, because that's actually a huge deal is how how much you give other people buzzes in their mind, because that's what people flock towards. 
you know and you got to really watch for things like that because people with very bad ideas can give people very big buzzes in their mind and body and so you got to watch because they're because that's again a sensual thing focusing on getting hypnotized by the body and you don't necessarily want to do that because it could be a bad idea and you not recognize it because it feels so good well a lot of yeah a lot of people are captured by very base ideas and i think like 1984 is a very good example people were were captured by the intoxication of of warfare and hatred sure right well i think now we're already down that road a lot like the thing is like the forms of control we have now are so insidious that they don't feel like control Mm. and that's and that is the that is one of the most difficult things to deal with the most lost person is the person that hasn't realized they're lost yet right or the person yeah in prison exactly it's like being crazy too person who's crazy doesn't know they're crazy they just are acting that way you know but a person well sometimes they do but you know it's like a person who's truly crazy is crazy they're not like acting crazy they are crazy so they a lot of times they a lot of times the true people that are crazy don't know they're crazy and that's the problem that's that's the case and i read a book called uh i'm not sick and it, it was about people who had various disorders that also were unable to acknowledge or understand or comprehend that they were ill yeah. and there was cases of people um there's cases of people part of their body is paralyzed and they come up with they called it uh confabulations i believe mm-hmm. but they'll come up with reasons like their arm is tied down or they're under a magical magical spell sure. but they can never admit that there's something physically wrong with with them yeah 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 and, yeah. and yeah. of course of course this so is the, a method of protecting itself yeah, right, right. But yeah. of course, and I won't but say. But it's malformed. I, yeah, and I won't say age. say too much because, but you know, I was in intimate contact with somebody that I watched uh, fall in, in, into sure. this very kind of. Well, I was, yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Yeah, this very kind of mental illness. And the worst part about it, uh, the most horrifying thing about it, is not not exactly that she was having all these uh, terrible experiences. Uh, and, and a lot of them that she thought were coming from me, yeah. Because right? that would be one thing, but she believed them exactly. And you're watching someone completely fall away from you in reality. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do because they have they're completely convinced. Yes. And that's the word. Like maybe she everything could things could have been a heck of a lot better if yeah. she if they still would have been bad, but because she didn't realize that they were not real everything fell apart you know yes. like in a terrible way and now she told me to my face she hated me and this was a person that loved me probably more than almost anybody and i yeah. loved her more than anybody you know yeah but that's what that's what it came came down to sure because she became untethered to to reality she, well, she didn't see i mean mental illness were. is one of the most prevalent things well, i mean there's a lot of mental illness in the world right now and that's it has become kind. a lot of because well, I'm, I have anxiety, depression. Like you yeah. can say that's a mental illness, but I know. Well, I that, mean, no. Right, right. But I'm not. I guess we're talking about delusions people. in this. Yeah, case, yeah, yeah. You know? But yeah, mental illness is more broad. But yeah, at least I know that when I see the reality, when I see reality, because depression has like a phenomenological aspect to it, and I see it as dreary. I know because I've seen it as good. Yeah. So I know I'm looking at reality from a from a from a depressed lens. And it could be otherwise, right? Yeah. But 
well, that's people a difficult that are delusional th- can't yeah. get to that point. Yeah, yeah. when you're to delusional, even start. Yeah, yeah, you you really are Muhammad, right? Driving down the street sure. in your truck, running away from the police with a gun in your hand, and you're really bringing about the you really are bringing about the apocalypse, right? Sure. You don't have the metacognition to say, oh, I'm just crazy, and this isn't yeah. actually happening, but I'm doing it. Like that would yeah. undermine the entire. Well, point see, this is doing. the thing I say too. Like in ancient times, people weren't able to distance themselves as far as we can nowadays. Mm-hmm. So they were stuck in states like similar to insanity in a sense, okay. but they're focused and possessed with certain ideas and they're not able to get outside very far outside of the ideas but it depends on how good their systems of abstraction are mm. but but for a long time people were highly stuck into one system or one mm. idea and it takes a it, it's only been really the last couple hundred years really the last hundred years where we where we have such a sophisticated methods of abstraction in the, right. in the western culture we are we are i think by our like necessitated by our culture to be like meta paramatic like we can't take any like that's my malady i can't take anything seriously like yeah. everything is is tainted like the guy who said all his false realities of the, the lives he was living were tainted by the knowledge that he was god and that nothing was real all my beliefs are tainted with the idea that ultimately they're not true and that yes. everything is an interpretation like that's I'm kind of stuck. We are. We're all kind of stuck. If you're like that, in that, in a bad situation, because sure. oh. I can't fully believe in in anything. I can't believe. You know what I mean? Well, I don't necessarily think it's bad, but the key thing is to try and cultivate systems of belief that you find mm. valuable. And well, because like yeah. belief is a very tricky thing, and belief colors ideas and colors thoughts, and uh, is not thought about a lot of times outside of religion in certain respects yeah but belief is highly important to the shapes of people's ideas i live in like uh an as if life but yeah i live i have strong intuitions they're not i don't think they're grounded in reason exactly about a few things that like the dignity of the person of the individual the pe- a person's right to pursue freedom and be free and to yeah. be free from molestation if you if you you know if you will sure like i believe i genuinely believe all that and i don't know if i could ground that in a logical argument but uh, that's something i think i would fight and, and, and die for you know like the right the rights of people um well that, that's important. an intuition though. i think i think the biggest thing to me a lot of things the most things you can do to do for people a lot of times is give them space mm. to to fully develop within sure. and like not to pressure you can't like break people's will or pressure people and all this all you can do is give them space and give them amenities tools sure. techniques all this stuff and that's and then you just let them go in free space and that's kind of a goal a lot of times because me i'm not necessarily i'm not interested i know my own ideas so a lot of mm-hmm. times I'm interested in what you can do with the ideas. Mm-hmm. Like I'm interested in your highest expression of certain ideas, right? Just as I'm interested in my highest expression of certain ideas, because that's like what it's about. Like you, 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 you think about it, and then you talk about it, and then mm-hmm. another person thinks about it and talks about it, and then you work out the ideas mm-hmm. to higher and higher, higher and higher ideas. And that and that's that's been the process for thousands of years, and I think that's a very valuable process that is kind of neglected nowadays, especially in our education system and stuff. Like we have a very regimented education system where we don't have like free flowing education where you don't act smart, you are smart. 
It's mm-hmm. that you aren't smart because you can remember a lot of things, because you memorize everything. You're smart because you know it. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to remember it, because you can just work it out, because you know how it works. So yeah. it's like there's different there's different kinds of forms of knowing and stuff that, mm-hmm. that aren't cultivated as much in our educational systems and things. It reminds me of the difference between somebody that lies and somebody that tells the truth. Like, if you're, if you're a liar and you lie all the time... You always have to be on guard. Yes. You always have to be thinking. Exactly. And you have to remember yeah. everything you said to oh, everyone. Yeah. When, you, when something is genuine and it's true, you don't. You can relax. Exactly. You don't have to exactly. be vigilant. You don't have to hide. You don't have to... Yeah. I mean, that is that is kind of the thing. Once you... I feel like a liar. That, well, when, when I'm in a situation taking the test, you're kind of put in the position... Oh, to a degree, I think there's an analogy to be made. But you're like, you don't really know it, but you kind of... You know it in a way... But you kind of have to, it's almost fake in how you Well, with school and how they do it, it's kind of strange. Because a lot of times in reality, you don't, well, sometimes, but a lot of times you don't, like, encounter three false answers and one true answer. Mm -hmm. You encounter the truth moving Mm -hmm. around. (laughs) Like, like, so it it has three values, but it's just one thing moving around. And, like... And that's kind of a, but that's kind of what we moved, we've moved into with logic and reason with probability and quantum physics and all this stuff is we've turned everything into probability distribution and frequency waves Mm -hmm. or frequency. And that, and that's kind of, but that's kind of a higher advancement of truth because now we say, oh, this is 60% true instead of this is either true or false. We say, oh, but this is, this will happen 10% of the time. This will happen 15% of the time. This will happen 20% of the time. And so we have sophisticated systems of mm. truth, dynamic sophisticated systems of truth that have never really existed until the last seventy-five years. Didn't in the uh, globe. Robert Anton Wilson talk about this and didn't like this quantum logic notion? Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Quantum psychology ideas. and stuff. Yeah. But yeah. See, that's a few people were onto it. Like a, mm. a lot of good minds are onto it. Like, uh, um, even like a. Uh, um, I can't remember his name, but he talks about fractals all the time. Michael Talbot. Mm. He wrote a book called Quantum Mysticism before his fractal book. And like, uh, but it, there, there is a, you know, there's a certain like, it's about the, the harmonies within nature, a lot of things. Even quantum physics. It's about things, things harmonizing with each other. Things making other things ring in their vicinity, you know. Because nothing actually touches each other. It all passes through each other. You know, so you so you have this kind of thing where every like McLuhan said, the relationships are in the resonance mm. of things, not not the things themselves. The relationship is truly in the interface, in the in between. That's mm. where things happen, and that's a that's a really interesting way to look at well, things. Uh, Kierkegaard says that the self is the relation that relates itself to itself. <laughs> well, sure. I think sure. I mean maybe I'm off base, but it seems like it's close to what he was saying. Well, sure. I mean, but that is a you, that is the self does do that. And Sartre was talking about the self being inherently re- relational, yeah. and these relations falling into each other. Well, and, think about like yourself a, and myself. It's the self relating itself to itself. Yeah. yeah. Like it, I'm relating my I'm relating yourself to myself. You're yeah. relating yourself to you know. Yeah. While I'm relating myself to myself. Yeah. Exactly. I'm relating myself to yourself. Yeah. And you're relating yourself to yourself. Yeah. Exactly. And see, and that's the thing. But, well, one thing you got to recognize is people relate to themselves first, usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But it depends on how much compassion they have, how kind their heart is, how much mm-hmm. they love certain people, all this kind of stuff. 
But certain people, most of the time, unconsciously go to themselves first. Because you have to, because that's how you keep yeah. yourself protected in life. It's a, it's a useful thing. It's an did, important thing. Did you hear this story? This guy was, uh, he was like a, either a psychologist or an evolutionary biologist or something of the sort. But uh, he didn't believe, or through these uh, uh, calculations, he thought that altruism was, was not real. Uh-huh. And he almost uh, became mentally ill, and he started, he couldn't bear the fact that ultimately everything is selfishly motivated. Uh-huh. So he started to let like homeless people like live in his house and mm-hmm. gave away all his money. Yeah. And I think he ended up like destitute and kind of in a in a bad situation, but uh, he, he couldn't believe it. So he had <laughs> he had to prove it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well Well see that's the thing. A lot of these things you have to make you have to reify. Mm-hmm. You have to make them real. They are not real unless you make them real. You yeah. know? And that is the difficult part because it's an act of creation. It's an artwork in a mm-hmm. sense. It's the art of arts, you know, the great art as alchemy calls it and all that kind of stuff. Because you're, cause you're, well, you're just modifying the body and mind. You know? Well, I think in that case you might have to accept that maybe maybe it's egotism all the way down, but perhaps there are, there are more refined types of egotism in well, which you derive pleasure from helping people. Ultimately. Well, that's the thing. Well, see, I think it's a, it's a matter of selfishness and selflessness. The less you think of yourself, the more your actions are selfless. Well, I'm saying you know? maybe selflessness is just a very refined type of selfishness. Well, it is. Well, see, you like it. Well, they're the You're same pole, just as all dualities. Like it's a mm. higher thing. It's a higher object that mm. is not a duality. And and it's a and it's a it's a transcendental object beyond this duality. Mm. And the, the self and the selflessness are truly a higher object mm. that is neither self nor selflessness, and it is beyond those. But it's neither be, both or neither, right? Yeah. And it's beyond. So, but you have this because that's why I say the selflessness is kind of an aspect of the self, but it's unlimited. True. It's an unlimited nature of the self. So you so you have. But see, with self selflessness and selfishness, it's like with meditation and stuff a lot of times, or with many things, it's like if you're thinking about, like you go to a soup kitchen and you feed people. Mm-hmm. So in those moments, you're thinking about other people. So in those those actions, mm-hmm. but you're doing it for yourself a lot of times. People yeah. want it. People want to do it for but feeling good. Right, but some right. people don't. Some that's people, hard to believe, though. That's well, hard to I, believe. I think, like, uh, well, that's what the Buddhists try to train. I, think I mean, have, that's the highest thing. They have a more refined, they, the they're more thing refined they're in, in, their, in, their, in their pleasure, and their pleasure happens to correspond with helping other people. But ultimately, are they acting for any other reason than pleasure? Yeah, but see, like, uh, but you realize, like, the other people, you're helping the self, mm-hmm. and the self yeah. is what you are. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. That's the that's the thing. Like, it's self love. Sure. Yeah. Well, that, that's a lot of process. But the thing is, the self is again selfless. The true nature of the self is selfless. Well, you, well, like because so, self doesn't actually exist. But with, the with self, Sh- like the Buddhists. Wait, well, with Schopenhauer, he thinks the highest type of altruism the uh, arises, and it's from the intuition that you are essentially identical to the other person. But even then, it's like well, that's, that's a kind of right? that's a self, that's a kind of selfishness. Even though the person is you. Sure. But you're, you're of selfish. course, it is selfish. But it arises from This is the thing. This is why selfishness is one of the most difficult things to get over. But it's not always bad. That's the th- that you can be sure. framed that way. But ultimately, sure. pragmatically, actually, all good things are coming from it. You can see well, it's selfish, sure. perhaps, but good thing, it's all good. Well, but you know, that's the thing. Fruit. 
But that's the thing again, dude. It's a mix of selfish and selfless actions. People, people, to the degree that they're using other people's systems and then their own, mm-hmm. they're being selfless. To the degree that they're using their own ideas and their own systems and mm. their own emotions and their own things to create things, they're being of the self. So you have this process where people think they're themselves, but they're actually using other people's ideas. So they're not truly mm. being themselves, they're being other people. Mm-hmm. And see, and this is the thing, you're weaker when you do that. You're weaker when you use other people's ideas like that. You're stronger when you use your own ideas. But again... This is all because of immediacy of experience mm-hmm. and the intimacy of your own experience to your own experience. That's where the power comes from for, with this kind of thing. But you have to recognize that there is an aspect that is selfless, that is just as strong or in many cases stronger than the self. And it is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And, and the, many people's actions are basically a mix of selfishness Selfishness and selflessness. But some people are 90% selfish or mm. 99% selfish, you know, like most people in a sense. But some people are not. It all depends on how you train your mind. But it does take mind training. I think naturally most people end up being 80 to 90% selfish, especially in America, because that's what we're geared for. We're geared right. to build a strong ego and to build it into a right. castle and to make it beautiful and all these things. Here's, the, uh, I guess, my point is that I'm certainly not de- denying the reality of what is apparently selfless action like people give away things people endure suffering for other people and we could call this selfless because it, to all appearances they're giving up pleasure well, for some, another person but the thing is some people don't do it for themselves like no, no, they don't do it for pleasure that, well that kind of stuff too like I, some people don't like no, they're it's recorded I in spiritual believe, history i don't you know? believe that they're not being compensated they're being compensated with something better i don't that's think that's true no, I don't think that's true. There's death. There's death in the real world. There are a lot of things that don't give you proper compensation. There are things that don't give a fuck about there's, your there's, feelings. Well, no, 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 not by the world. Yeah. They're being compensated by a feeling. Of, I don't, or but I something. think, but I, yeah, but people have recognized that and yeah. worked against it. No, no, I don't like, think so. That's I think a, that's so. your reward. No, but I yeah. You get rewarded. But that's for being a, in, in Buddhism and stuff. That's exactly what you work against is your no, reward I structures. Think so. I think so. Because that's the thing. That's one of your primal natures. You work, like, you work against the striving for bad rewards, of, of rewards that are unpragmatic, that are unhelpful, that are that cause suffering. No, in a sense, you dude, work towards good rewards. No, this is well, sure, it's a good reward. Sure, but like this is the thing. The Buddhists say you're supposed to get over that as well. I mean, I I think ultimately yes, you do. But I think like up. Up to, and, until you're but at that level, most you people won't. You can't function without a. Well, without most a goal. people will never get over, get to that level. Right. You don't. You don't get like that until you're in Mahamudra Zongshan. You're meditating. Well, and, no. I think. I mean, I think many people like people gain spiritual attainment, and usually when they're older in age. But people well, gain spiritual attainments outside of spirituality and stuff too. I, I, but I think. But there's plenty of examples of people. Dying to save someone and sure. all kinds of things. But so they're they, not getting anything no, for no. that. You but know? I say they are getting things, something. Else. What do you, they're dead. How would they get something from it? Uh, well, they might not be thinking right, but I think that's, a, that's, that's the, the thing. You're getting something. No, they're they're getting no. If you're dead, the power. This is the thing. They're, you they're drop the pleasure of overcoming a resistance in the in their mind. No, no, overcoming. no. Yeah, no, they, no, the no. power of overcoming. No, a, 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 a parent throwing their child out of the way out of pure reaction is not is not some kind of of, of pleasure seeking thing. 
like right. a like a like a parent jumping in front of a car to pull their child out from of, of the car is not something for their benefit. Yeah. It's for the child's benefit, and it's not for their future benefit, and it's not for any benefit in the natural world. And so so like. There are many instances, but that's true selflessness. That's when you're getting to higher modes of action. But this, this is the under you know? the at least, perhaps they're not experiencing the jo- the joy, but they won't experience. Right, it. right. They well, won't experience anything. They might believe in after. They might believe in an. It doesn't matter though. what you believe, though. That's the thing. Like, but they're striving. But they're giving up something. Just like I'm giving up food, so I look better in in the future. They're giving up their life now so they can be good in the afterlife. And Kant talks about this, the necessity of heaven and God. In every case over the whole, the billions of cases of where these things have happened, I don't mm. think every case is, is for that reason. Like, there are many, many reasons for I'll, I'll grant you that there's there's moments of, of pure instinct when there is no conception of a higher good being attained. Well, it's not even pure instinct, it's training. We'll call it what you like, but... I don't believe that people do anything without a notion of compensation of some sort. I think some people do. But that's do. not bad. I think some. I think many people do. Uh, but I just don't think it's... A ne- you seem to think it's negative that people are... are I do, because it's, it's an impure way to do things. Because you're doing it for yourself, you know? you got to do some things for themselves. Well, you got to do, you gotta do some things... you got to take it as it is, not as you are. Like, it's important to meet reality... It face to face and not hide it behind images of yourself forever. Like this is this it's an important thing to actually get beyond the self, you know. Like it, but our culture doesn't value it at all, and neither does our psychology or anything. Well, like it's that. not that I say we can't get beyond the self, but I say in mo- that's only that's like that's. Well, most that's people won't get by. That's the exception. Yeah, exactly. People most people won't like, get by. Uh, most could, normal people won't. I could grant that some, some somebody like Padma Sambhava would is like uh, a pure emanation of joyful activity, of compassion activity that has no ha, has no need. Is like a god, and so far it has no need for any compensation. So it's sure. not even on their mind. But the average person doing a good thing, saying that their mind is completely em- empty of implicit or explicit reward well, no in this one, life or the next. No man, one's that, like that. But that that's the really kind of the hard. problem that with our action. That's the problem with our action is people are acting less and less pure. I think it's sense. still meritorious. I mean, not, Well, not sure, it is. It is. But, but it's like doing something for money rather than doing it for the thing itself. Usually you get a lesser form. Well, that's the doorway, I think. I think. It, but sometimes it, it makes a greater form, but, you know, but you, a lot of times you get a watered down you, thing. Using action to attain non-action? Using uh, questionable virtue to attain uh, virtue? Sure, I mean, but that takes a lot. That takes a very high skill. It's like a lot... Most people... Well, it's just a lot of people don't have time to develop that high skill. But, but I mean, but that's the thing. It, it is a, it is. I think it's rare. There are certain things that are rare and non-repeatable, I believe. And they, and they, and you can have certain experiences like it in a sense, but mm. it will not be an exact replica. I'm not even of sure. Anything like that. We're ultimately in disagreement here. I think it may be some confusion about exactly how we're using the terms. I just think I just to me like many of the people that I've seen or the the highest masters are the people that act completely selflessly, and I think that's the highest that's the hardest state to get to though, like you're because because you have to get over these things and they talk about it they literally talk about getting over all these things by name mm-hmm. like getting over 
like the self, but all aspects of it in that in, in these ways we're talking about. Um, but doesn't like Kant talks about that there in order for ethics to adhere or to be reasonable, there has to be uh, I forget what he called it, but an ultimate an ultimate reward, right? Sure, like but that, see, I don't like that's a necessary I don't object. Like Kant's of, system. But but sure, right. but but I think. For most people, well, it's like a carrot on a stick or something. You have to have a lure. You have to have something yeah. that makes people move. Well, he said, he, I think he, he said, you need God, you need ultimate reward, um, and you... What's the, the well, he of, said you need space, time, you need no, no, consciousness. No, the, 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 ground, the ground ethics, you need, you, oh. need, you need God and ultimate reward and, and something else. Yeah. Oh, and, and immortality. Immortality. Yeah. God, see, ultimate reward, immortality. See, I don't... I don't know if I believe those kinds of things, but like, uh, well, like I believe, I believe people I act the ways they act without, many times without complex systems. I, well, I, I agree with Schopenhauer that an intuition of our essential identity is preferable, but uh, having a view like of, of that God exists, that there's a reward for well, the no good and, and ill we do. No, but people, you can believe it. I mean, you can well, sure. Believe it. That's the thing. You can tell yourself that, and but no I, one's ever, no one's ever figured that. Out. And, and you know, this is like a roundabout way to justify belief in Christianity. But this is like, let's say, it's, it's, just, it's just having a fictionalism. Having I, someone. I mean, well, you want to ground ethics, I mean, you want people to act ethically. I don't, yeah, but the ground ethics in 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 the action itself. Well, ground like there there's reward like. There are there are immediate benefits for acting ethically in in most situations. Like it's a, it's it's been developed because it's a survival me- like it's part of a survival mechanism. It's a thing that makes people act gentle around each other, sure, sure. so they don't kill each other and they don't fight. Like it's grounded in reality. It's grounded in experience. It but doesn't one, need to be grounded in a transcendental. This is what Nietzsche talked about. You don't you the the getting beyond good and evil. You know, mm-hmm. like like you like you these systems are incorrect and mm-hmm. so you can't use them as the fundamental basis of all your ideas because then all your ideas become incorrect well yeah i mean ultimately it is it is uh kind of a shaky ground if you will yeah. but i see i see it as something that these kind of beliefs are really good for people that aren't ready for the intuition because they need to if sure. they're at the, the logical level and give them logical reasons or that don't act. have time to practice right we'll give them give them good reason to act ethically so we can keep the culture together and keep the society together and keep people from killing each other and now like i said like schopenhauer like thought that authentic uh ethical behavior arose from the intuition of essential unity sure like let people do that until they reach that well i think these things are necessary rational forms of ethics are for people that don't have irrational forms of ethics in a mm. sense a lot of times like you and for children and all that kind of stuff you you have to like people well there's a thing about how ethics used to be the way to live correctly mm. and now people just associate with doing things right or wrong or doing things bad or good sure. but it used to be about the whole of your life and living in a way that was like better for yourself and everyone around you you know mm. And, that's, and I think that's a kind of important, you know. But but I do think, to me, it's grounded in direct realities. Like, I don't think, I don't, like, uh, certain things of the mind are grounded in transcendental realities in a sense, but I think ethics specifically is grounded in uh, experiential realities almost completely. 